0: to the Street Center Podcast. And welcome in, folks, to another edition of the Streak Center Podcast. I am your host, Noah Taluki, and we have a loaded baked potato on this episode, as always. Joining us later in the program will be two special guests from our football team here at John Carroll, two seniors, Joe Collins, court, starting quarterback, and Brennan Few, wide receiver, a senior as well. He is now in the top 5 in receiving in all receiving categories in John Carroll history. We're going to talk about their careers and how it's been going for them so far this season and this is senior day or the, on uh, against Otterbein this week. So we'll talk about their uh, feelings uh, for, of their last 4 years at John Carroll as well. But want to thank everyone for joining us here uh, and please make sure to check out all of our other episodes on jcusports.com. Also, a champion was crowned men's soccer defeated uh, defeated wilmington by a score of 4 to 1 to win their fifth consecutive OAC tournament championship we will talk more about that later as well volleyball making it to the OAC tournament championship unfortunately losing 3-0 to Otterbine we'll break that down a little bit for you as well but we're in full championship season mode here at John Carroll and in and, and Cross country now off to regionals at uh, at uh, Hope in Holland in Michigan. So uh, a lot of exciting exciting things going on at John Carroll. In addition to winter sports, starting wrestling started last week, and, and men's and women's basketball will tip off this weekend here at the Tony DiCarlo Varsity Center. But I want to first start with football as uh, they lost a heartbreaker, thirty four to twenty eight, to the number three team in the country, the University of Mount Union in alliance and this was this was a pretty good game overall i thought for john carroll just defensively there was a couple holes here and there especially in the secondary i mean they allowed an 80 yard touchdown uh in the uh, in the third quarter to speedster Jaden manley for mount union one of the best receivers not only in the oac but probably the entire country but this was tied 14-14 at the half, and both teams, um, you know, were, were were playing just sound football, and uh, unfortunately, it just got away a little bit uh, for John Carroll, in especially in that third quarter, as, as Mount Union came out and they just started exploding offensively. They they had thirteen points uh, in that third quarter compared to zero for uh, for John Carroll. But overall, uh, it just an exciting game, and uh, the Blue Streaks didn't turn it over at all. And this is the you know, sometimes turnovers have really haunted the blue streaks when it comes to playing Mount Union, but I will say at least in that category, they did not uh you know turn give it over to Mount. You know, everything was just basically just a couple stops here and there that they needed and and a couple of three and outs that they had on offense. But it was at least good that they that they kept kept the football intact. Um, Joe Collins with a, with a pretty good day as well at quarterback, 215 yards and four touchdowns in the air, but just sacked four times as well. I know that really that really hurt the momentum of of, of the offense as well. Mason Sullivan, how about a big day for him on the ground? 16 carries for 103 yards, and uh, he of course is uh, kind of like that the the third head of the three headed monster uh, running the football for John Carroll, courtesy of Evan McVeigh, Demarius Goodwin. And uh, and then of course Sullivan, sophomore from Kirtland, uh, Ohio, not too far from from John Carroll, but uh, it really good to see him get his first hundred yard performance of his career against Mount Union, and uh, off and then a uh, receiving end Tadis Tatarunas. how about him? A big big day at tight end, six catches, one hundred eight yards, and a touchdown as well. And Joe Collins threw a touchdown pass to four different receivers as well. So uh getting getting more guys in the mix. Really good to see Tyler Mintz get in as well. Uh he only had two catches, but one of them was for a touchdown. But uh I think Taddis now with six touchdown catches on the season, uh he is definitely poised for an all OAC type of year. And uh you know I was thinking about it this week and, and I'm not a hundred percent sure but I'd love to see what the record is for most touchdown catches in a season by a tight end. Um, you know, I think I think Taddis is, is very close to that, or if not, uh, has the record. I'd, I'd have to look in a little bit more, but um, really, really impressive season for the 6'6", 235-pound, fifth-year senior out of menor, Ohio. We talked about Manley, though, and, uh, you know, Manley, seven catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown for the Purple Raiders. He's a guy that the Blue Streaks just could not stop. Um, unfortunately. However, Wayne Ruby, who came in as one of the best receivers in the country, was held to six catches for only 50 yards. He did have a touchdown as well, but his longest catch was only 16. A lot of that had to do with, I believe, Kiefer Askew, the transfer corner from Hanover College, doing an excellent job of keeping Ruby in check, and he was on Ruby for uh, for the majority of that game. So, uh, good job, at least from, from Askew, to uh, get in the face of Ruby uh, but that unfortunately opened it up more for, for Manley in um, in the receiving game but you know every year seemingly Mount Union loves to throw the football against John Carroll because they know that they don't have as much success on the ground they only ran for 73 yards as a team and um, on 31 carries 2.4 yards a carry so I think it's and but they did score two touchdowns but they were both just one yard touchdown runs yeah, in the red zone. But uh, I think Mount Union knows that John Carroll, that they cannot beat John Carroll running the football, so they instead go to the air. I mean, Braxton Plunk was 32 of 43 for 367 yards and three scores and was only sacked twice. So it seems like Mount Union knows in their game plan going into these games every single year is to throw the football. And so uh, the defensive backs, you know, really have to be on their toes. Uh, but unfortunately, it was just uh, not enough as uh, as the Purple Raiders came out with that six-point victory. I do want to give a, a shout-out to Jaheim Peek. Uh, he had a career day, career-high 11 tackles for John Carroll, two for a loss, and a sack as well. And I know J- Jaheim just keeps getting better and better. Uh, junior from St. Vincent St. Mary's High School in Akron. Uh, he's also an employee in the Sports Information Department, so uh, shout big shout-out to Jaheim Peek uh, defensively for JCU. Now, with the loss, unfortunately, it seems like John Carroll is more on the outside looking in when it comes to making the NCAA playoffs with that 7-2 record. and record, and really, that Washington-Jefferson and Jefferson loss is really what hurt them at the beginning of the season. If they would have won that game and had the close loss to Mount Union, they would have been 8-1, and and uh, I think that that would have at least given the committee uh, more of more of a chance for them to get in. But I just, in my opinion, I think they're more on the outside looking in. It's, it's more of a slim shot that they make the playoffs at this point. But uh, the final game for John Carroll will be this Saturday, November 12th. Uh, it, it'll be a noon start. Uh, they moved it up from 1.30. Uh, it'll be at noon now here at Don Shula Stadium because of all of the basketball games going on with the parking situation and the field house being built and, and, and whatnot. Wanted to have that game a little bit earlier. Uh, it'll be a senior day, of course, as it's the final home game of the regular season. And uh, we'll be honoring the 2010s uh, players as well. So uh, those are guys that that played in that decade. We've We've honored... Uh, guys from each decade uh, for each of the home games here this season because of the 100 seasons of uh, of John Carroll football. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some guys out. I know um, myself and Anthony Meglin, a legend uh, here on the Streak Center podcast and also at, at John Carroll throwing that game-winning touchdown pass to Willie Woods against Mount in 2016. He will join me on uh, on the call for uh, for Saturday's game. So really looking forward to having Anthony back here at John Carroll. And he he's an ultimate man of Carroll. Um, you know, and uh, he's just a real leader and uh, a real, really uh, amazing representative of of John Carroll University, um, as well. So, uh, hopefully, the Blue Streaks can close out uh, a win uh, with a win against Otterbein, and which will unfortunately probably end their season uh, with hopefully a record of eight and two. Otterbein um, not looking too good this season; lost forty two to seven uh, to ONU last week uh, in their last game, home game of the season, and uh, are two and seven. Overall, um, in uh, in uh, uh, this this year, so uh, and and we'll also have to see uh, because this this is Drew. This will be Drew Nyström's final game as interim. Head coach. We'll see if they get the if he gets the interim tag removed and becomes the full time head coach, uh, or if they uh, if they go with someone else. But uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what the search process will be like. Pretty much as soon as this season ends, uh, they'll they'll start they'll start with that. So um, it'll be uh, I'm really curious to see how that ends up. And, and of course, we'll we'll get you updated on all that um on Streak Center uh, as well. Want to talk about men's soccer now? Men's soccer winning their fifth straight. OAC championship defeating Wilmington by a score of 4 to 1 and I got to say it was just a very impressive victory from the get go and that one goal that they allowed uh was at the towards the end of the first half and it was a uh, kind of like a a a foul that they missed in the box that the referees missed and um which it was a foul the goal never should have counted but uh, it counted anyways. They missed the foul, so that was that was what the one goal that Wilmington had was. But really, from from the start, John Carroll scored uh, nine minutes in with Logan Penton, um, you know, he, who's been very impressive uh, really throughout the postseason. He had two assists against Otterbine in the big two-one overtime victory in the OAC semifinal. Then ten minutes later, Ben Brucken scored uh, with a Nick Ruggiero assist. Then John Carroll got it going. In that second half with Patrick Koenig with a goal in the 54th minute. And then the 70th minute, Jack Fote from assists from Nick Felician and Nick Graeca put the icing on the cake for John Carroll. And, you know, I got to say, too, and, and this goes back to Dayon Maldonavich's interview from last week. Uh, if if you guys are interested, go check that out. It was a really, really awesome interview. The the Alec Baldwin of Streak Center, as, as he likes to call himself. But Dayon really, he had a new team this year. This was a team that a lot of the, a lot of the guys, a lot of the leaders... Uh, really for the last five years uh, for the Blue Streaks, graduated. Guys like Will and Steven Shute, Michael Adelman, Jared Ionero. Those guys all graduated. Connor Robinson in goalie, uh, in, in net. So he had to fill the voids with a couple of transfers, a couple of new guys. And the fact that they won this year, I think, makes it even more special just because of this new team that he had. These are guys that came from different programs. And it, 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 guys, I mean, you know, as much talent as you have on a team— it's re, it's even harder to just have these guys gel and develop, and and really play as one. Play John Carroll soccer, and the fact that they won, um, I think, is a true testament to to how how great of a coach Dayon is, how he's able to manage a lot of these a lot of these personalities and, and and guys from other programs. So it's it. I think this this win right here, in my opinion, was probably the most impressive of the five that they've won in a row just because of how new the team was and and how all these other guys had had graduated and, and really fitting different pieces in and and seeing the growth and the 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 development of these guys for the entire season facing some adversity at the beginning of the year with some out of conference losses facing adversity with the with the Ohio Northern loss which is why they got the number 2 seed but then ONU lost to Wilmington in the semifinals which is why John Carroll was able to host and uh, play the number four seed Wilmington, so uh, really, really impressive victory for, for John Carroll, especially a four one win in the final. Uh, unfortunately, though, they did not; they uh, are not hosting. Um, they have hosted now for the past five season uh, four o- uh, four NCAA championships, but um, they will have to head to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore and face off against Scranton uh, University of Scranton, a fellow Jesuit school as well from from Northeast Pennsylvania. So that will be their first round matchup. As well, and then they'll play the winner of Greenville versus Johns Hopkins, uh, and, the, and so this game is uh, on Saturday, November twelfth at seven p.m. in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins. So, uh, uh, two Jesuit schools going after it, and uh, it'll so if they win and and Johns Hopkins wins, we could see a rematch from last year, as of course John Carroll defeated Johns Hopkins last season in the round of thirty-two in the NCAA championships to punch only their second. Time that they ever made the Sweet 16, so it'll be interesting to see how well um, this this Blue Streak team can play and uh, and, and really develop, uh, especially hopefully throughout the rest of the postseason and uh, playing playing into next week for Sweet 16, Elite Eight. So, um, best of luck to the Blue Streak soccer team uh, out in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins. Women's soccer finishing up their season with an overall record of ten nine and two five and four in OAC play. They they beat Mount Union in the quarterfinals by a score of 3-1, to one, but then lost 3-0 to Capital in the OAC semifinals, unfortunately. And it, it was a really, really close game uh, until about the end. Capital scored with just uh, just in the second minute, so they scored really quick. But then they gave up some, some goals at the end uh, in the 85th minute and the 89th minute uh, as well. But a uh, couple of award winners for the Blue Streaks – um, they were uh, they were well represented on the uh, all-OAC all team, uh, having um, Emily Paterczyk win OAC Freshman of the Year and uh first, fre- first player to ever win Freshman of the Year for JCU as well. Uh, Madison Rosado, who really came around at the end of the season, breaking the all-time record for goals in a game against Muskingum in the regular season finale, she earned a spot on the, uh, the second team and then uh, Gabriella Walter, the junior defender, was uh, was also named to the third team, All oac third team. Uh, so that the third team now for soccer is basically what the honorable mention used to be. Uh, so no more honorable mention. It's it's just first team, second team, third team. And of course, paterzik was named uh, to the first team, uh, All Conference. So uh, big congratulations to those Blue Streaks. Uh, Emily Pattersick set in the freshman record earlier this season for most, most goals uh, by a freshman ever. Um, so I think Patterzik and, and this team has a, has a bright future. And I know they'll be graduating a couple of key players like Lauren Gummoney and Claire Hollern, uh, two four-year starters, um, but a team that I think has a lot of uh, really bright future, especially with Paterczyk and Rosado uh, up front. And then there's a couple of other freshmen, too, that that got a significant amount of playing time that uh, for Coach Martich. Um, and and what he's been able to do um, this season with them, so um, really, uh, really, I think they have a bright future. This team, and if this is a team that you know, if they get to the semifinals every year, uh, in in the. In the uh, in the OACs, it's it's a really successful year, and so I think Coach March is just really pushing to try to get uh, try to get these teams into some more championship games. It's tough with Ohio Northern and and Capital and some of these in uh, and Otterbine, and, uh, some of these other good teams. But I think Coach March, uh, you know, I think he feels like that these teams can can be right up there with them on uh, on, on some days for sure. Uh, also on the men's side with all OAC, Isaac Coleman won OAC Defender of the Year, the junior, and uh, Jake Vogren. Uh, very well-deserved as the OAC goalkeeper of the year. Isaac Coleman, first defender of the year since Matt Nigro, current graduate assistant in 2019. And Vogren, first goalie of the year for John Carroll since 2018, Liam McIntosh, who was a two-time goalkeeper of the year. Uh, Vogren and Coleman both on the first team uh, in, uh, for all OAC. Daniel Kalik also joined them as a midfielder on the first team as well. Second team honors went to Nick Ruggiero and Nick Felician, the transfer from Notre Dame College, and uh, also Patrick Koenig and Jack Fote joined them on the second team. And then uh, third team, formerly honorable mention, of course, Steve Samuelson and Nick Graeca. Steve Samuelson has played really well defensively for John Carroll this year uh, in um, on the men's side and uh, transferred from Coastal Carolina, but uh, but went to Medina High School about 45 minutes from here, a real soccer powerhouse in the Cleveland area. Moving on now to volleyball, and volleyball ending a very historic season, 21-8. This was only their second, or I'm sorry, their third season since 2000, where they had 20 or more wins, went 6-3 and three overall in conference play. After that really thrilling victory over Muskingum in the OAC semifinal, 3-2 at home, uh, they unfortunately lost at Otterbein, 3-0. And um, just ending a really tremendous season for John Carroll volleyball, and and, and a historic season as well, uh, with Cassie Kellmuncy getting player of the year. Uh, Jen, by the way, Jen Fulmer and Alexi McDonald, uh, they ended up getting all tournament honors as well for their play. Uh, McDonald had back-to-back matches with twenty or more digs. Um, you know, she played very well defensively uh, throughout the tournament. And Jen Fulmer, I mean, she had uh, you know double-digit kills as well. So. Um, you know, and, they, and both of them are, are juniors, so they will be back next year for their senior year. I'm looking to see how well this team can develop. Um, you know, the next couple seasons as well with some young talent and some 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 players back, and it's going to hurt not having Cassie, Kellen and Allie Bart alone. Um, really, the the two heart and souls of this team uh, back, of course, as they uh, as they just ended their fifth seasons. Uh, as, as starters for, for John Carroll. Um, another award for Cassie. We talked about it last week, how she became just the third player in John Carroll history to win Player of the Year honors for the OAC. She now becomes just the third player in team history to ever earn All-Region honors. And she was named to the first team All-Region 7, part of the AVCA, American Volleyball Coaches Association All-Region team. So a big congratulations to Cassie Calamunzi. And uh, she will be in the running I think for an all-American, if you get first team all region, you're automatically put in that running for for all Americans. So we'll see if uh, th- those uh, awards will be announced next week, but we'll see if Cassie uh, gets any all-American recognition. There's only been one player, Stacey Mulahy, who's ever been an all-American. so um and and I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day too with Cassie Kelly Muncie. Um, she's only the fifth player in John Carroll history to record a thousand over a thousand career kills and a thousand career digs. So, it's. I think in ten years or so, when she's uh, eligible for the Hall of Fame, I think there's some there. She's got some real consideration for that. So, you know, just a very impressive career for Cassie. And um, just an unfortunate ending in the OAC championship, but they, you know, they made their first appearance since 2014, won their first game uh, match since 2015 in OAC tournament play. So I think Cassie and, and some of these seniors um, have really turned the program around for the better, um, you know. And uh, I, I think that they left the program in a better spot than when they started uh, their freshman year in 2018. So um, I think just Allie and Cassie's leadership has really rubbed off. Um I think on the rest of the team and and I'm really, really excited to see what Coach Benoit and company can do uh, for the next couple of years, especially with a lot of talent coming back and and with some freshmen that'll come in next year, um, you know I'm it'll be really, really exciting. I, I think the future of John Carroll volleyball is is very bright and it and it all started with this year, gaining some confidence, knowing that they can beat some of the best teams in the OAC. And that's really important, especially in a sport um, like volleyball that is for sure. All right, so a uh, couple of winter sports, uh, you know, of course, now that are underway. I know swimming's been uh, uh, been going the last couple of weeks, but they beat Mount Union in Alliance. It was happening at the same time as the football game, uh, so is swimming at, swimming uh, inside and then football outside over in Alliance. But the men's team defeated uh, the Purple Raiders by a score of one seventy four to eighty eight. And women's defeated Mount Union 196 to 102. So both teams now two and zero in dual meets this season. And uh, a, a key star for John Carroll on the men's side, Liam McDonald. He won every single race of his. He won OAC swimmer of the year in 2021. He is a multiple All American as well. The senior from Brother Rice High School in Bloomfield Hills, just outside of Detroit in Michigan. He won the 100 backstroke, the 100 freestyle the 200 IM, and he was on the 400 medley relay team that won as well. So big congratulations to Liam McDonald. And how about Olivia Goodman, the freshman from Rochester Hills, Michigan, went to International Academy, a school that does not have sports. So she only played club or she only swam for club uh, in high school since IA did not have a swim team for high school. But she she, she has not lost a single race, individual race this season. Uh, so far. She won the 100 fly, she won the 200 fly and the 200 IM and she was also on the 400 medley relay team that beat the Purple Raiders as well. So, a really really good start to her freshman campaign. Um cannot wait to see what she does in a couple months at OACs. Going to be a big big meet for John Carroll swimming. Uh they they get this week off, but next week Thursday through Saturday, November 17th through 19th, they will head to Kenyon uh, for the Kenyan relays, and uh, this is this is a, a a meet where Coach Tanner Barton and company, it's not really about team success, you know, with team points. They're not looking to win this meet necessarily, but they're looking to have the best times uh, for some of their these amazing swimmers like Goodman and McDonald, and and some of these other, um, you know, Jonah Venos among others. They they really want to see how well they time against some really good competition. Kenyan, of course, are the perennial powers of Division Three swimming. They have won multiple, multiple national championships. I mean, when you go into their pool, they have all the banners up, and it looks like the old Boston Garden from back in the day with the uh, with the Celtics, with all those banners up from all those championships. Um, so Kenyon, very, very successful down there in Gambier. But uh, this is typically one, like I said, where Coach Tanner Barton and company wants to just get the best times uh, for for all their swimmers, not necessarily looking to to win. And then their next dual meet will be uh, at Notre Dame College, the Battle of Green Road, as I like to call it. That'll be in December after Thanksgiving, Friday, December 2nd at 5 p.m. Uh, against the Division II school, Notre Dame. So uh, they will not have another home meet until Canisius uh, Division I school on uh, Saturday, January 14th, so after the uh, the new year back in University Heights. So swimming off to a very good start and uh, looking forward to uh, what OACs will bring this season. That's February 15th through 18th, uh, of course, at the Ocasic Natatorium in Akron. Also, uh, women's basketball getting underway this weekend um, for the tip-off tournament sponsored by Winking Lizard. Their first uh, game will be tonight, here on a Friday, November 11th at 7 p.m., against Allegheny, and then they'll have another game on Saturday, November 12th, the next day at 2 p.m. against Hiram. And then there's a couple of other teams, um, you know, Allegheny, Hiram, they will have uh, some neutral matches, or neutral games, I should say, um, yeah, as well. And it's the same for the men's. The men's team, uh, will uh, they are participating in the College Company's Tip-Off Classic here at John Carroll. They'll play Wittenberg on Saturday, November 12th at 7 p.m., and then Ohio Wesleyan on Sunday, the next day, November 13th at 3 p.m. Buffalo State will also be in the mix uh, in this uh, for a couple of neutral games as well for on the men's side. But uh, the Blue Streaks will not play Buffalo State uh, in this tournament. So uh, really excited about both teams this season for one reason. To see how everyone gels and see how everyone develops throughout, um, throughout this season. And I, I, I'm going to start with women's basketball first because... Um, this is a team, of course, for the first time since, uh, since 2016 2017 season, that a player by the name of Nicole Heffington or Olivia Nagy will not be on this team. So it's, and of course, those are two of the greatest women's basketball players in John Carroll history. So, and, and not returning any starters. Hannah Bucci graduated, Abby Adler, they all graduated as well. So I'm curious to see. What is going to happen with Beth Andrews' team this season? And uh, I know, and really the two players that really saw significant time well, you could maybe add Maddie Petrowski into the mix. So maybe three is Kalen Underwood, Jalen Hoffman, who are the two seniors, the only two seniors on the team, and the two captains, and uh, Matty Petrowski, who's a sophomore now, kind of the, the leader of that sophomore group. So I don't even know who, who Beth is going to start this year. I, I just have to k- kind of look and see, and, and I don't know who's been you know playing well at practice and whatnot. But it's going to be interesting to see this weekend. Um, you know, hopefully the Blue Streaks can start off two and zero. I did go to their scrimmage a couple weeks ago, and they um, they looked good. I mean, they looked fast. Um, you know, there was a couple growing pains here and there, but but they 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 looked fast. I think this is uh, a team that that could really um, you know match up with speed. And, uh, of course, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Olivia Gunta develops as well. Uh, she's six, a four sophomore, so a little taller than Olivia Nagy. Um, but uh, we'll see, uh, you know, if the shot-blocking ability is there, the rebounding ability. Um, so she's another player that I'm really curious to see um, uh, how she develops the rest of the season. And on the men's side, these um, oh actually, one more thing about the women's— uh, is they actually have a transfer, Angela Vidantonio, from the University of Mount Union— um, she played there the last two years. She's from Walsh, Jesuit. She's uh, a junior this year. And uh, her father and mother both graduated here, uh, Penny and Lou Van Antonio. Lou actually played football here in the mid-1990s for, um, for John Carroll as well. So she's another player that could really contribute um, a lot as well for, for JCU. Also, uh, so on the men's side, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting because the men's side has a lot of transfers this year. And, you know, Coach Pete Moran and Mike Moran, you know, over the years they've gotten a couple of transfers here and there, but it's never been this many. And I have to think that this is uh, kind of like a Luke Chacon effect. So Luke Chacon is the nephew of Pete, uh, of the Morans, so Pete and and all them. And uh, Luke actually transferred from Youngstown State, so he was a freshman there last year, now he's playing here at John Carroll for his sophomore year. He actually was the sixth man off the bench for the Penguins. Last year, Division One basketball. He's from Menor, so not too far, a local guy. And um, uh, I think once he decided to transfer and play at John Carroll, then there was a couple. There was a lot of other guys that decided to come. So there's guys like Luca Eller who played uh, who played at Dayton and um, Ohio University that went to Lake Catholic in Menor. He's coming up as well uh, as a transfer. And then Jerry Higgins, a graduate transfer from the Citadel, uh, which is a military school in South Carolina. He is uh, he's coming now, and um, he actually played at Villa Angela St. Joseph and was a two-time player of the year and an all state level player. Um, so and he has some starting experience at the Citadel as well. Um, so he's gonna be a, a, a key piece, I think that um, you know a really key contributor, I think, uh, even if he starts off the season on the bench. Um, so, they have a lot of these transfer guys. Um, and, and you can't forget about Chase Toppin and Eric Hanna and David Gentry. These guys are all returning from last year's team. And I know last year's team was the 10 seed in the OAC tournament. And, you know, they didn't really have a, a really good year overall. They lacked size, they lacked depth. But I think adding, you know, you have all these guys that uh, are back from last year's team, like Eric Hanna and Gentry um, and Chase Toppin, really three returning starters. Because Chase started the season and then he uh, he had a season-ending injury uh, after his eighth game, so really you have three guys with starting experience coming back on top of all these other guys that are transferring in. So it's going to be interesting to see how well they they gel and mesh throughout the season. But a team that I think could be one of the perennial powers of the OAC if everything's really clicking for Pete Moran and company. So this week is going to be a big test: the Wittenberg game and the Ohio Wesleyan game. Uh, two two games that I really hope that uh, the Blue Streaks can pick up some some early season wins with uh, with all these transfers as well. Uh, wrestling also was uh, in action for the first time last week. Uh, it was at Lake Erie College Division II school, and uh, no team scores were kept. So uh, these were just individual matches uh, that counted for individual records, but not for uh, a team record. And there were 21 matches. The Blue Streaks ended up winning five of them. Um, Cale Bakaizo, he won, he won twice uh, Luke Rakowski, uh, uh, All-American from last season Won his match as well And then Brody Arendale, Jesse Kanazar, and Thomas Lunt uh, Freshman Lunt uh, all got victories uh, as well So uh, the Blue Streak Wrestling team will be back in action This Saturday, November 12th They're going to Trine University uh, in Angola, Indiana Part of the MIAA Conference in Michigan in the Michigan Conference. And uh, so the Invitational, that'll be more so, uh, you know, individual records and and possible team championship as well. And uh, then their first dual meet of the season will be Tuesday, November 15th against Mount Union at 7 p.m. Coach Haywolf was saying that there should be a big crowd uh, at that at that game or at that match as well so uh, come out to the Carroll varsity center it's it's going to be one of the few times that you'll get to see john carroll wrestling as the next time will be tuesday january 17th against wilmington at 7 p.m so um yeah then that's that's the only two and then the john carroll open of course but those are the only two dual meets that the blue streaks will host all season and wilmington doesn't even have a full team they only have five wrestlers so mount union at least has a full team and and every weight class will wrestle uh, in the in this this, this match next uh, next week, and uh, last but certainly not least, cross country, men's and women's both heading off to regionals this weekend, which will take place at the West Ottawa Golf Course in Holland, Michigan. So this is the Great Lakes Regional. If you win your region, you are automatically qualified to the NCAA Championships, which will happen next Saturday at Michigan State's Forest Acres Golf Course, the home course for Michigan State Golf, and. Um, uh, it'll be it'll be really good to see uh, if the blue streaks can come out on top. Uh, I think the men's and the women's side have have ch- have good chances. Uh, I know they've struggled; both have struggled with some injuries this season. Um, but if they do not win, they are not guaranteed to go, as they have to go through an at-large bid process. But they still would have a chance, even if they don't win necessarily. So um, I'm really uh, I'm excited to see if if they can pull it off, if they can if they can win, and um, and qualify for their third straight. NCAA championships next week at Michigan State. Coming up next, we have an interview with Brendan Few and Joe Collins, two seniors on the John Carroll football team. You don't want to miss this one, folks, only on the Streak Center podcast. You're listening to Streak Center on JCUsports.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at StreakCenterJCU to stay up to date on guests, episodes, and more. Now, let's get back to the show. And joining us now here on the Streak Center podcast are two special guests, two seniors on the John Carroll football team: Senior Brennan Few, wide receiver, and Senior quarterback Joe Collins. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, on what's your senior uh, week this week as well.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks. No. Yeah, thank you nice for having us. having
0: us. So, you guys uh, last week really, really battled against Mount Union, lost uh, a close one, 34-28, uh, A real battle uh, throughout the entire game. Um, you know how how has uh, the mindset been this week? Uh, you know, in, in rebounding after after a really tough loss like that.
1: Um. So I mean, really, we just got to focus on what we can control. I mean, the odds of us moving on beyond this week are slim, but they're still there, so we just gotta um, prepare like there's a chance and control what we can control and take care of business on Saturday, and you know, if it is our last week, then we're just trying to enjoy the time together as much as we can, because once it's gone, it's gone.
2: Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, like Joe said, you can only control what you control, and uh, it passes the past, so you have to focus on the present here, and we got a team coming in for senior day, Otterbine here, so now that's our main focus.
0: Yeah, how uh I know you guys, you know, put up 28 points against a very very good Mount Union team and uh didn't turn the ball over either, which was really important. Um how well I'm sure you guys thought you, you guys played pretty pretty good offensively uh as well in that game. Yeah. Overall. Uh
2: one of our main things going into the thing we're like obviously no turnovers because we mm-hmm. can't let that offense get the ball then hopefully take up more time of possession be be on the field more and stuff like that. So it keeps them their powerful offense off the field.
1: Yeah, I mean we we fought hard, we battled, um, we were proud of the effort. It was just execution on a few plays here and there, a few too many three and outs, and that was really what ended up being the difference for us. You know, keeping our defense on the field a little too long. Um, but I mean, we battled especially late in the fourth quarter when we were down, made it a game, gave us gave us a shot, and came up short, but. And, uh, overall
0: now we had Taddis Tatarunas and, uh, Nick Stanzo on a few weeks ago and, and they talked about, um, you know, how, it, how it's a little bit different with, with coach Nystrom now as, as the head coach, but different in a, in a good way. Um, so how, you know, how has it been with, with coach Nystrom and adjusting from, from what coach Fennati brought to the table versus, versus now as Nystrom as the, in, uh, interim head coach?
2: No, I, I love Nystrom and, uh, he's a great dude, but, uh. No one's ever going to top what Fanati did, yeah. his energy that he brought. and But uh, still, Nystrom, he's doing a good job in his role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I haven't noticed a huge yeah. difference just because, I mean, all these coaches are old Fanati coaches. So, the, I mean, the culture really stayed pretty similar. Um, it was just, I mean, adjusting to like, Nystrom post-practice speeches, pre-game <laughs> speeches for sure. He doesn't quite have the, the fiery um, personality that Fanati does. But other than that, I mean, he's done a great job of hey, – I mean, he got thrown into a tough situation. I mean, a, a week before spring ball started and he finds out he's going to be the head coach for this year. And, I mean, he's done a fantastic job of taking over the team and really, I mean, improving the team from, from a year ago.
0: How about uh, Coach Matt Baker uh, now getting the uh, the play calling duties this season uh, after Coach Nystrom was the offensive coordinator for the last two years. Uh, how has he helped you guys um, develop not only as players but as as an offense more this season?
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's a special play caller, special yeah. coach. I mean you can I mean he's got the NFL experience, and you can tell just sitting in his meetings, listening to him game plan. Um, I mean, he just knows the game really well, and he's really creative with um, his play calling and his game planning, and it's, been a lot of, it's just a lot of fun playing for somebody like that.
2: Yeah, Going from when he came in, uh, I feel like mine and his relationship has grown, and I finally understand what he's saying and stuff like that. He would call me over like, oh, make sure you go around here, sit in this corner, because that's where the corner and safety are all, and that's where your open gap is and stuff. But like Joe was saying, like his mindset and his – uh ideas of how plays work out and stuff like that is pretty incredible
0: i think he's done a great job yeah. um you know of developing you guys this season i mean joe you know you're completing 67 percent of your balls uh you know and uh and brennan the he was able to uh get you guys open uh, get you open a lot as well i think particularly in that capital game it, it yeah. seems like you you were just feasting all day <laughs> and a lot of that had to do with with coach baker and and, and the situations that he put you guys in uh, as well but uh, but Joe I want to ask you a couple questions specifically um, you know before before this season uh, your last start came in high school uh, in 2018 in the in the d4 uh, semifinals in Michigan uh, unfortunate loss to Edwardsburg but uh, your head coach in high school Todd Colster who I learned was Brian Kelly's offensive coordinator at Grand Valley, Grand Valley yeah. in Michigan one of the best d2 schools in the country yeah. um, you know what was it like playing for a guy like that, and how did your experience at, at Grand Rapids Catholic Central help you uh, at, the, at the next level here?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was really awesome playing for a guy like that. Um, his football knowledge was great. He learned a, I learned a lot from him. Learned how to you know read defenses, and that's something that not every high school quarterback coming into college really gets. Um, so that was a big deal for me. I mean getting. I got coached really hard by him. He's he coached everybody hard, um, and that's something that really helps me uh, now. You know, getting getting coached hard isn't a big deal to me. I enjoy it. I respond to it better because of him, um, and just getting used to a winning culture. Um, that's what made me fall in love with football. Really, is you know, you come to practice every day, you expect to win, but you still have to put in the work to do it, and um, that really helped me grow as a player and as an athlete. So, I mean, I. A lot lot of the stuff I've learned and how I've developed as a person goes back to how I was coached there by Coach Holster.
0: So, you know, that first game, as I mentioned, against against W&J, you know, team struggled, you had four turnovers and all that, but you've really been on fire ever since. Um, You've really helped uh, turn the page. You've only thrown two interceptions since that game. Um, You know, how, how how were you able to move on um from that from that first game and um you know really developed throughout the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough when you you work for 3 years, you're a backup for 3 years and you get your shot and you come out and turn the ball over four times like that, but the biggest thing was just the coaches and teammates never never lost um, trust in me. Um, I still I came back to practice next week and they still treated treated me the same, still had the same confidence in me. And that I mean that means a lot when you have a game like that and your teammates and coaches still put all their faith in you and there's no change in the way we approach things.
0: You know, in this in this age of transfers and guys want to go other places to showcase their talents and all that and, and you, you sat behind Jake Floria for three years, um, you know, very patient and now all of a sudden you're the guy. Um, what was it that made you want to stay? um even even if you sat for those three years
1: um it's a lot of things I mean I love John Carroll I love it here love the people here um no desire to leave all the people here and um I don't know I just I just had a certain loyalty to the program I mean they're the I wasn't very highly recruited out of college or out of high school John Carroll was one of the one or two programs that showed interest in me so I mean I always really appreciated that and um, I figured I'd stay loyal to the program since they believed in me and gave me a shot.
0: And when did when did John Carroll first get on your radar?
1: So I actually never wanted to play college football wow. until we lost in the semis, and then yeah. after that game, I was like, oh, I don't I don't know if I want to be done yet. So yeah. I, I mean, I talked to Coach Colster about some um, colleges I was interested in, and then Joe ends went yeah. here. Um, he was my old high school quarterback when I was a freshman, and then he was here. Um, so coaches reached out to me in January, got me down on a visit, and stayed with Joe. Loved it. Loved the people here. Loved the program. and the rest is history.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what. Joe Enns is one of those guys that you think of like as, a, as a man of Carroll. I mean, just a representative of the school, being being a man for others. He's... He's top notch, Joe, Joe Ends. I'm, I'm glad you you had a guy like that for you, Joe, uh, especially at the quarterback position for sure. Uh, you also uh, in high school had a, a Division two uh, state championship appearance in baseball. Um, yeah. You know, so was was baseball something that you thought of uh, as part of your collegiate future, or were, were you always always football after that loss?
1: Uh, after the loss, I was always football. Yeah. It's funny, like we had that our baseball team never expected to go that far. I mean, yeah. uh, we were underdogs and. Pretty much every game we played in the playoffs, we were just having fun playing baseball for the last time, and we got hot at the right time and made a run. That was was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life, but, I mean, after that, I mean, when the season started, I was already committed to John Carroll. Um, Really wasn't too interested in playing college baseball, but... Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was some of the most fun I've ever had.
0: You guys, uh, you guys beat Trenton, I think, in the in the semis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the 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 school right across from my hometown of Grosseal in uh, in Michigan as well. Uh, so so Brennan. Your numbers speak for yourself. 124 catches, 2,029 yards, and 15 touchdowns, and only 27 games played in your career because of the the shortened COVID year and and not playing a lot your freshman year as well. You're already top five in most most receiving categories in JCU history. Um, But you I think what makes you special is is really your your route running ability and being able to get open in space um something that is just such an important part of today's game. Uh, how is it that you've perfected your 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 craft of route running over the last couple of years?
2: It's actually kind of funny. Uh you can ask Joe about this. I, I always get jagged for my speed. Yeah. I don't have that top tier <laughs> speed. So coach Baker or my wide receivers coach coach Rover will always get on me like oh like this guy's super slow, like just jagging me about it but uh I, I think the one thing I do good with like running routes and stuff like that that gets me in my space is like using my body, yeah. using my frame being able to like
0: kind of like shimmy my way off and get into that open space you know and uh, and coach long who recruited you out of uh out of shaler uh he told me that you were a tremendous basketball player in high school as well and uh and i think you you had a couple looks uh for co- for college basketball perhaps as well.
2: Yeah, there was like one school that was looking oh, okay. at me, but uh, yeah, like I was just like that athlete that played right. basketball. Like I, I wasn't the best basketball player, but like I was the one that was slashing to the rim, getting the rebounds, like playing hard defense. I was just like the football player out there.
0: Well, I, I just want to know too, like how did basketball help you in any way with with your ability to to be a receiver? Uh, a little bit, like
2: uh, like doing all like the footsteps at like yeah. the press releases and stuff like that. Uh, definitely like it definitely plays together, mm-hmm. like doing like crossovers and like doing your off the release, press up and press across. So definitely like simple stuff like
0: that. Now, I know you guys as, as receivers too, um, there, and this was before you were here, but like coach Moulton, Drew Moulton, who was the receivers coach for just the spring of 2019, this was something that he taught was instead of your routes going by yards it was by steps and so you know how important and I know that's kind of what Rex's uh, focus kind of is too like what is how has um, running routes by steps you know been different than maybe yards like maybe you've learned in the past honestly it's kind of easier cause like yeah.
2: in high school it was always uh, get to 10 yards break out or get to 15 break in like, like say you're on like the 32 or something like that like you'd have to count like I don't know right. uh, my brain doesn't work that quick so I'd have to count like mid play before the snap. Then uh, definitely, Coach over emphasizes definitely going by steps, which has actually helped out a lot. Because like it's just instinct now, running different routes, knowing different depths, and that knowing taking four steps with your left foot will get you did like twelve
0: yards and like just simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want want to go back to the spring of 2021 for you, Brennan. Um, That was, uh, you know, of course, the COVID year. It was uh, the shortened season, only three games. But um, I don't think anyone ever forgot your name after that Mount Union game in the spring where you had 10 catches for 143 yards and two touchdowns. I I just want to know, what was your mindset going into that COVID year, Um, you know, in that just that shortened three-game season? And uh, then you you just seemed like you really took off from there and you... you, uh, You've been that great receiver ever since.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely going in that season, it felt kind of weird, like just yeah. like playing in the spring, going through the spring practices before. Those were some of the toughest yeah. times of my life, but uh, definitely the that spring season almost gave it like a, like I don't want to say like kind of time to relax, but like it like it is what it is. Like so, I definitely went out there and tried to put like do whatever I
0: could, like it wasn't as much stress.
2: Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, but,
0: and um. I want to know, too, uh, of course, Sh- Sh- you went to Shaler High School in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I want to know, was there any other schools that you were looking at uh, outside of John Carroll? And what was it about JCU that attracted you to here?
2: Uh, so, kind of like Joe, like, I really didn't want to play football. I didn't even really want to go to college to begin with. Mm. But uh, there were a few schools that I was, like, looking at. Then, I like, I told my mom, hey, like, I, I really don't think college is for Because I'm a hands-on guy. Like, I, right. I I'd probably go do this. But... Uh, she said, "Oh, you have to go get that college experience, go do all that stuff." So then, uh, we were talking earlier. My cousin Alex, mm-hmm. he basically drugged me here, and I couldn't thank him anymore for it because I've built some great relationships, have uh, have played on some good football teams, and have had some pretty good success here.
0: What What is it about? Uh, what do you like to do? You like to build? Uh, are you carpentry yeah, so, cars? So, yeah. you know.
2: <laughs> my brother and I, growing up, we would always build like random stuff, like. We built a zip line. Uh, we would go on the back. We built a baseball field and we built our own like scoreboard and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So like, and I was always the test dummy. Like for like, <laughs> my brother built a scooter that he wanted me to try. So he told me to ride down a hill. Obviously, fell off. Almost broke my arm. Then uh, the zip line. That was that was another crazy story. It's like 20 feet high, and my brother he, he doesn't like tie it all the way. He just wraps it around like multiple times. you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm going down. I don't even get, like, three feet, like, on the thing. Like, as soon as my body weight hits, I fall that 20 feet just land on my butt. i like, I was so
0: sore for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you were thinking about going to medical school, right? Perhaps? Uh, Afterwards? Like, ph- uh, physical therapy. Oh, physical yeah. therapy, yeah. yeah. So, okay. like, going into that field. So. Have you, uh, was that something that, like, going into John Carroll you wanted to do, or was that something that you just kind of came up with once you got here?
2: Uh, my mom, she's in the medical, she's a nurse. Oh, okay. So she was always, like, trying to see, like, all oh, with different, like, uh, jobs in, like, the medical or, like, whatever field like that. Then uh, my cousin actually told me that like, there was a good exercise science program so I could, like, look into jobs in that field. Like, PT was one of the ones, like, I can be hands-on, like, dealing with patients. And, like, so that that's probably the main reason why I picked that.
0: Yeah, and I know you mentioned your cousin Alex. Uh, Alex Klein, class of uh, twenty thirteen, here played under Coach Arth uh, as well. His senior season, uh, he was a receiver just like you. He's now the uh, he now is uh, with the Pitt football team. I yeah. believe he's in kind of like their their uh, like a front office role a little bit yeah. with player development and, and all that as well. Um, he's like our uh, part of our college pipeline, if you will. Uh, you know, as uh, as part of a, a JCU. Um, so, what was it? that he told you that, you know, helped influence you to, to come here?
2: Uh, just the people I meet, basically, yeah. and like the connections that you build. Like, you know, coming in, John Carroll has all these pipelines to like the NFL and stuff like that. But like there's also pipelines to like business fields and like medical fields and stuff like that. Just great people have like just, just good connection here. Like if you meet someone you'll be able to have connection to this field. So
0: that was his main point. All right, fi- final question for you guys. Um, you know, now this is this is your your senior year. You know, going into senior week, uh, possibly your final game here against Otterbein. Um, You know, what has both you guys? Uh, what have these last four years at John Caroy meant to you guys, um, both on and off the field? Uh, man, Amazing. That's It's
1: a, it. a long but. answer. I mean, it's just <laughs> been it's been awesome. It really has been. Um, you know, playing football has been a great experience for me. Um, You know, sitting around, watching great players ahead of us, uh, like Jake, you know, do their thing on the field, learn from them, um, building relationships with those guys, and then all having that all that lead up to your senior year with the guys that you came in with that have stuck it out for three years, your best friends. I mean, like, there's, there's dudes in this senior class that are going to be in my wedding that... Yeah. I'm going to be hanging out with in 40 years. Like, that's that's what's really special about it is when you play football and you go through the things that we go through for four years, I mean, you just get so tight with those guys. Um, so that's, I mean, like I love going to school here, um, love hanging out on weekends with, with people, love playing football, but that's what I'm really going to take out of it is just those relationships that I've built playing f- football and the memories that I'll, I'll always have.
0: All right, Brennan Few and Joe Collins, two seniors on the John Carroll football team, joining us here on Streak Center. Uh, Guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us, and best of luck uh, on on Saturday against Outerbine.
1: Thank you. Go Streaks. Thank
0: you. (laughs) You're listening to Streak Center on JCUsports.com. For the latest news on all things JCU Sports, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at JCU Sports or visit jcusports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. want to thank joe and brennan for coming on to the streak center podcast this week Uh, it was a real pleasure having them on uh, possibly their last game uh, that they will play this season and um, you know they i know they have a they have a opportunity to come back for a fifth year because of the COVID year if they want and um, you know still up in the air and and all that so that's why i say possibly their last game but if it is um, you know they've they've left their their mark here uh, at john carroll the last four years Um, that is for sure one final note before we close out here uh, on the Street Center podcast, um, you know, I, I I have mentioned it before. I, I so I did write a book about the hundred seasons of John Carroll football, and um, and I, I had a presentation about the book uh, on Monday. Uh, earlier this week, uh, it was a Zoom call presentation where I, I, I gave little excerpts uh, of the book, and then I took some questions and answers from Brian Filikowski, the president of the Blue Gold Club and fellow Hall of Famer um, and football Hall of Famer. And then uh, I took questions from the audience as well. If anyone's interested in viewing that, it is on the JCU alumni YouTube page. Um, so you can just look up uh, JCU alumni on YouTube and then you you should be able to find it on their YouTube channel. As well, but I want to thank uh, Dave Vitto and Brian Filikowski for for helping organize this event, um, and uh, help showcase the book, and help showcase the the hundred seasons of John Carroll football. and And you can still order uh, the book for fifty dollars on JCUsports.com. There's a link um, through it through the advancement uh, department here at JCU uh, to to buy the book fifty dollars. It includes shipping and a ten dollar donation to the Blue Gold Club. As well, so um, I want to thank everyone for the the support on the book. It took me two years to make, and uh, was really happy I was able to show uh, to show everyone and and present um, on the book, and um, really appreciate it's It's been a great hundred seasons um, of of JCU football, and uh, in this this season in particular has been really really good. I I I, you know I I mentioned I'm doing the I'm broadcasting the game with Anthony Meglin on Saturday, and uh, I've really enjoyed broadcasting all of these games. And um, I'm really sharing the history as well. I try to uh, my best to incorporate different historical headlines uh, versus uh, the opponent for that game, as well as um, some on this day. So, you know, what what did Blue Streak football do on this day? You know, a long time ago, that kind of thing, too. So um, I really pre- I have really appreciated it this season. And um, it'll be it'll be my last game, my last game on uh, on Saturday, uh, broadcasting. And uh, Anthony Meglin, no better person to go out um, with than uh, than him, uh, riding off into the sunset, as I, as I like to say, that's for sure. But thank you again, folks, for tuning in, and uh, really appreciate all the celebrations with hundred seasons. Best of luck to men's soccer at at uh, in the NCAA championships, cross country, and all other Blue Streak sports competing this weekend. Follow us on Twitter. At Streak Center JCU, also jcusports.com for all the latest updates and news, and live stream links, live stat links, and all that as well.